Today's episode is presented by Advanced Recruiting Intelligence, ARI. Visit arirecruiting.com to see how college coaches are using this new technology to be smarter recruiters. And now, it's time for the show. That's right. It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, Goodyear Blimp Pilot of the Year and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey coach, welcome aboard. This is Dan Tudor and you are listening to the season four finale of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Cannot believe it has been four great years along with all of you and we've grown the audience, have had so many great conversations and comments and interactions and I really appreciate each one of them, Coach. We do this for you and I hope that it's helping and it sounds like it is, which is exciting. This is episode 97, approaching the big 100. We're going to have to figure out something great to do for episode 100, but that's not going to be until next season. So... What we're going to do is, as we approach uh, the end of summer 2020, going to take a couple of weeks to get ready for season five and then bring it to you with a lot of energy and passion like we always do. So to end season four, we're going to go back to kind of a very specific coaching and recruiting situation that many of you have either gone through or are going through or at least familiar with, and that is when you become the coach of a program. You switch jobs, you jump in, and you uh, you have to build it. You have to now take what you did successfully at your previous job, whether that was at a as a head coach or an assistant coach, and now transfer those things to a new school. Except that, of course, right now we're going through a very challenging time. So building a program, recruiting like you used to do, bringing all your talents and systems and organization into this new job sometimes isn't that easy, uh, uh, just easy to flow through transition. And that's what one Division One coach uh, contacted us about, and she graciously agreed to appear on the podcast to sort of share the conversation that we had with her with all of you because, like I said, either you have gone through this, you are going through it, or, coach, you will go through it again. So I want you to remember what we talk about with this coach that you're about to listen to. So her situation is um, took over a program that is – uh, at a highly respected school and has its its pros and cons like any other school in terms of the view from recruits. But her real, her real challenge is how do I do this during this challenging time that we're going through uh, in our country and in college sports? And how do I do it with all the limitations now that we have in terms of going out and scouting and contact and bringing kids to campus as we're going through the COVID-19 crisis here in the summer of 2020? Well, that's what we talked about. We had a great conversation and we traded a lot of ideas. And I think a lot of them are going to work for her. She thought so too. And that's what we wanted to share with all of you. So let's jump in and start the conversation with this coach talking about what brought her to this point and her situation and what she wants help with. So my question is for coaches like myself that are new to a program, um, what are some tips we can use for recruiting during this time? I think so many of us are focused on our own team, our current squad of returners, and maybe we're changing culture or doing things and trying to really get Mm -hmm. to know them and 
the focus on recruiting is tough without the resources we usually have. Um, of course, nobody can go out and recruit and watch athletes play live right now, but I don't have access to some of the resources I would send out. Um, I'm unable to hire uh, support staff, which makes it hard for some decisions right. and um, getting people to, you know, kind of agree on, on a ranking system and things like that. Um, and it just feels like it's a little bit hard to go out and, and talk in depth about some of the things that the school has to offer when I haven't really even been on campus other than my interview, which was very brief. And so it's hard to get a real sense of the community on campus and, and the, the student life. And so it's hard. It feels difficult to sell the school um, from a very personable you know, point. Right. And okay, so so that's the situation. And it's uh, you probably when you got into coaching, never really uh, imagined that you'd have to go through something like this. None of sure. us did. <laughs> um, but you really have a lot stacked against you in terms of if, if we look at um, uh, a launch of something, you know, this is the equivalent of you, you're you're blasting out the launch pad, and all of a sudden, the lightning starts and the winds kick up. And you know, how do you, you know, how do you get into orbit? So the first thing I would say, let's let's take each one of these piece by piece. Um, let's start with the current team, uh, because that was something that you mentioned right at the start. Mm -hmm. Walk us through just for people that are listening uh, that um, maybe just to get a clear picture uh, as a new coach, what kind of experience or what kind of um, what kind of. I guess, background, did you get with the team at all? What, what conversations have you had with them up to this point? So I was hired the day before our school shut down for the spring semester, sports and students. <laughs> so I met my team virtually on Zoom. And while I'm thankful for those platforms that have allowed us to meet and talk often, I've never actually been in the gym with them. I've watched a lot of video. We've watched video as a team. We are reading a book as a team right now, talking about that once a week to try to find some ways we can prepare for the fall season. Um, and we've done some individual sessions on FaceTime, on Microsoft Teams, on Zooms, lots of different meetings and small groups individually and as a team. Um, but obviously we've been limited in you know, just getting to know each other in the gym, them really getting to know my coaching style. And of course it's just me. So there's you know, the element of people that will be added at some point that are somewhat unknown right now. Sure. And then that kind of leads into the culture. So describe what, um, whether it's a, a needed culture change within the program or just something that you want to adopt in terms of the way that you like to do things and some of the, the personal touches that you would want to have reflected in the program. Where, where does that stand now or what, where, where is the work to come that you feel like you can't get done right now in that, in that way? Um, I think the last few years have been very up and down for this particular program. There has been some trust lost and the players, you know, really need to feel loved again. And it's important for me to build some good relationships with them to build a strong foundation. Uh, I think that's been missing the last few years and the players are really excited for the opportunity to really get to know me, to get to know a new system um, that's focused on giving them a really good experience. You know, I think it's a talented team that can win. And so I, we want to find the the second layer, you know, the, the love for the game and the passion. I think they've been lacking the last few years. I want to really give that back to them and provide a place where they feel taken care of, they feel supported, 
Um, and they are all in as far as their student athlete experience, but I want the volleyball to be as great for them as the school is and as the campus life experiences for them. Got it. And of course it's impossible or very, very hard to do that on a, on a, a, a distance, a long distance basis, um, where you haven't sure. actually uh, done that and without the rest of your assistant coaches, because I'm assuming that your school went into a hiring freeze when they closed. So you haven't been able Correct. to do anything on that side of it, which for you as a coach, I'm sure it's like most coaches who you hire kind of helps establish what that culture is. You need people on the same, the same wavelength as you. And, uh, and that makes it, that makes it really hard. And then add into the fact that you don't have some of the resources, materials that you would, that you would start with normally on a, uh, on a campus. Mm-hmm. So, so walk us through what have you done to the extent that you can do something and and have tried to figure out what do I do? What have you done? What what are the things that you have put into place already? Uh, even if they aren't perfect and you feel like they're not enough, have you started with any one of those four categories moving forward with uh, with kind of what you want to do as the new coach of this program? Yeah, I've spent a ton of time trying to connect with the team um, in a sports environment and also just getting to know them as human beings and and getting to hear their stories and their backgrounds and why they chose to come to the school and what they love about it. And um, I've really tried to build that foundation with them so that moving forward, they trust me with the direction we're going. I've focused a lot of my energy on the current team because I feel like they, you know, I can't go out and find kids to be a new part of our program until I really show the current players uh, the love and, and support that they need so that they can help me, you know, go out and sell this program once we have recruits that are able to be on campus. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, so far, it's been a lot of just trying to connect with club coaches, directors, recruiting coordinators, people in the youth sports world who can, you know, give me some background on players that we have interest in and tell me a little bit about them from a different perspective and, and you know, what things I can really you know, note as I'm, as I'm trying to narrow down my list as we get close to uh, a very big recruiting date. Um, but also just to continue to foster those relationships and be relevant to all of those clubs around the country so that when the time comes, they know who I am, they know who my program is, uh, so to speak, and, and we can kind of move in the right direction, not as strangers. Right. Okay. So the first thing that I would say, Coach, is that you are, I mean, I think you're on your way to doing the things that you can do. So one of the things that we have kind of preached to coaches as they've gone through this crisis is there are things that are out of your control and you just listed a lot of them. And, and look, <laughs> I think any coach listening to this or the 99% of them would say you have way more going against you than I do at my program. So maybe it's making them feel a little bit better about their situation, listening <laughs> to the challenge that you have. Um, but the point is you have started, you've done, you've started at least beginning to do what you can do. Uh, and you've done it, you've sort of broken it up nicely with the different focuses you need to have. And you're trying to do something with each one of those focus, uh, focuses to the extent that you can. I'm going to jump into the, the thing that you're doing with your team and connecting with them. Mm-hmm. One of the things that in conversations with another Division One coach, actually, uh, who's not newer, but first time in the last six or seven years that he has had the chance to really have downtime, as, as a lot of coaches are experiencing now, this time of year, headed into uh, late spring, early summer. And what his observation was, this is probably for both his recruiting class as well as his current team, 
the most and the deepest he's gotten to know them ever. Of any team he's coached at that school, he feels like this is the, there's been nothing to do but talk. And so where normally we would be wrapped up in these activities and just the mechanics of being a coach or running a program, especially, my gosh, in your, in your situation, new school, new program, you're trying to change the culture. Imagine all the demands on your time and everything that would be happening, except getting to know the team. We are doing that. So, so that actually is probably going to be for what you want to build over the next three or four years with this current class that you have it's going to be a chance to really solidify yourself as somebody who they know well, which maybe was part of the reason that uh, there needed to be a change. And the fact that there is this now a good foundation built because of this time. So uh, yeah, I think that what some coaches have observed is that going through what we're all going through as a country in this uh, pandemic and this crisis, it has forced change. So I, I'll take Zoom calls. We were trying to get coaches to do Zoom calls two years ago, and nobody knew how to do it. Nobody wanted to do it. Let's just do a regular conference call. And all of a sudden, what happened? They were forced to learn how to use Zoom, which now they're all experts at, and uh, they know how to do it. And it was it's now no longer intimidating. And in the same way, I think coaches, and maybe you can put yourself into this category, are are having to reevaluate what what is important in building my program right now. I can't do the normal things that traditionally I imagine doing as a coach running a program, but I can do the things like you've just outlined, the time, building the foundation, really getting to know the athletes. You know, the other thing I remind coaches of all the time when it comes to this topic is your athletes both the recruits as well as your team are going through the same thing you are. Look, your recruits in your sport were fully expecting to be visiting campuses in the spring, um, playing their sport in the spring, into the summer, going to, you know, evaluate, getting evaluated. The normal process for, for, how a, uh, for how a student athlete would get options and be discovered and, and, and go through the recruiting process. And they've had to change as well and because coaches are hopefully going to be the more mature uh, of the two parties, I want any coach, you included, to lead. And I think that's an aspect of, of what you're doing. You're leading the team through getting to know you and building that foundation. Now, from a culture standpoint, there are, I think there's limits because I think to fully integrate culture, what we've learned from other coaches over the years and watching them successfully build culture is that you do need, you need to be together. There is that person to person contact that is really important. I think that's why coaches and all of us are getting kind of tired of nonstop Zoom meetings because there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a limit to what we want to see staring at a, a laptop or a phone we want to see, you know, in person, there's that extra dimension you get uh, in person. And so that I think there, there has to be a, you know, you're, you're going to have to wait to implement that. But again, you're on equal footing with everybody else you compete with, because even if it's an established coach, they have to wait to build culture. They are the one that they are, you know, needing to bring in that other staff member that they don't have on staff and they can't do it right now. So in some ways it's an equal playing field with, with that. Um, and, and on the material side or the resources side, the stuff that you don't have at the, uh, at the campus or with you now, because it's really tied to 
the campus and you're at an amazing campus and that there's a lot to showcase and sell and and everything <clears throat> i think that's just you have to there are again it comes back to limits and understanding what those limits are so in covering those four things there's this pause button that's been hit for every coach you included in how they develop their programs and even if whether it's a brand new coach at a brand new program and you want to wipe the slate clean and start re uh, rebuilding it or if it's a coach that's been coaching for 15 or 20 years they have to constantly reestablish culture take their team get them on the same page I think the big differentiator moving forward, once everything gets back to normal or close to it or whatever it's going to be for the 2020-2021 academic and competition year, I think the differentiator is going to be when uh, when when it starts, when we get the, uh, uh, the green flag and the race is on, that's, I think, what is going to uh, to really, I think, define successful and and unsuccessful or coaches that struggle and programs that struggle. So the question then I would have for you is, as you look ahead to whatever we're anticipating or whatever you're forecasting the start time to be, which might bump up right against your season, right against the start of school, I'm wondering what have you envisioned or what is the game plan that you sort of set out for right now that you would define as is when i get out of this when i can get back to something close to normal here's what i'm going to be doing what what are some of the things that um, without giving away any specifics about the program or or anything like that for the sake of the conversation but what are the topics or things that you've said okay here here's what i'm going to do and how i'm going to do it once i can Um, I think for me, for my own personal growth, the biggest thing I want to do is get to know other coaches and administrators within my school athletics department. We've obviously had a lot of communication virtually, but I want to sit down with as many people as I can at my institution and talk about their experiences, what they love, the different recruiting uh, strategies they use and different things that they've they've come to find about this school that, that really helps them as recruiters and coaches and Um, and then to try and explore campus as much as I can. I think when the school reopens or the campus reopens, I wanna go out and find different parts of campus that I love and find areas that are new and exciting. Um, I've talked to my team about all the places they love on campus. I wanna go see those places and and start to really get a feel for campus life and the flow of, um, you know, just students, students around the university and the different things that people love and really get a sense of why a student might pick this institution over another based on the campus and the culture within our athletics department. Um, With the team, I would love to hit the ground running and train from the ground up. I think when we get into the gym, it's important to me that we're all on the same page. Everyone has had different training. Everyone's been through a different experience in their time prior to being at the school. And of course I'm new. So myself and the other coaches it's going to be it's going to be big for us to really establish a good foundation of movements and techniques and things that are you know essential to our program and to the way sure. that we play and then from there make sure everyone feels comfortable with the basics and then we can build on top of that and add more layers once everyone feels like we're on the same page from a foundational standpoint we'll be back to the show in just a minute but first a quick question what makes a college coach a more intelligent recruiter well it starts with using technology that actually gives you insights and trends 
when it comes to the recruits you're communicating with. That's the mission of Advanced Recruiting Intelligence. RE gives college coaches the ability to track, rank, and communicate with recruits like no other app available to coaches. And the best part? It costs 20 to 40% less than what most departments are paying for their older recruiting contact management programs. For a free demo, and to see why so many coaches are saving money and using better technology to boost their recruiting results, visit ARIRecruiting.com. And now, back to the show. Okay, so a couple things uh, that you mentioned, getting to know the other coaches on campus, picking their brains, getting their take on the, you know, just everything from the campus, the athletic department, how they do their thing. Um, one of the best things I've seen happen with coaches in other programs is that they have really taken this time and they've gotten creative and they have done exactly what you're doing. They've just done it remotely. So they've set up Zoom meetings with other coaches within their programs, even ones that they've coached with side by side or or in the same department for you know four or five years, this is now again the time that they have finally to just sit back and talk. And and what they're finding is that coaches are more than willing to actually share uh, constructive ideas about how they get things done, what is going right or wrong for them on campus. So I think there's an element of you being able to reach out and do that with the coaches on your campus. Because, again, all of you right now have the thing that you very rarely you ever have, which is time. You yeah. all have extra time, and, and people are looking for ways to fill that time and feel productive. Um, for you, I could just let you know, if, if I was in your situation, I would be desperate to do exactly some of the things that you've, uh, that you've outlined needing to do. And I think you're right on the mark with all of this as far as priority points and the things that you want to see getting done. For any coach, for you, as as well as anybody that's listening to this, if you're looking for ways to build the program, to sort of get this head start and to to deepen your your uh, your influence with the team, your knowledge of the department. In your case, I would seek out other coaches, reach out. Hey, it's Coach Tudor. I'm brand new on campus. Here's the program I coach. Um, I would love to introduce myself. And could we just spend 20, 30 minutes, an hour talking on Zoom uh, or, or you know, on the uh, on the phone to, I just have questions about this place and what works, what doesn't, what I should know, the mistakes you made when you first got here, what, what are the inside things that I need to be aware of? I would just love to pick your brain. I can tell you that 99 out of 100 coaches are going to probably reply the same day with absolutely, that'd be great and good, good, you know, would want to get to know you. And again, I've been on your campus, so I know the culture of the coaches there. And I think it's a very, very um, smart and uh, the group that works together well. So I think you're going to be fine there. So I would, I would actually not wait for that. I would use this time to, to do the thing that is actually going to be tougher once you get back to campus, because everybody's going to be scrambling. Everybody's going to mm -hmm. be behind by three or four months and feeling like I can't wait coach. I'd love to go out to lunch with you. Can we wait till after the season? And that's going to be the thing that then delays your ability to, to really jump in and, um, and do things as well. So I would definitely reach out to your other coaches and I'll go one step further. Take the coaches that are in programs that you admire or that maybe styles you admire. You've heard them speak at the convention. 
you you have some sort of association with them or you've always wanted to sort of dig in and talk to them at other schools with other programs i would take this time coach reach out to them introduce yourself just took over this d1 program i would love to pick your brain since we all have extra time i really you know admire the work that you do or you know explain why you uh, you want specifically to talk to them and I'll bet 98 out of 100 times you get a very positive response and they're able to um, set up that time with you. So I just feel like the what I see in college coaching right now as we go through this, again, coming out of spring of 2020 and into the summer, you have coaches that are scrambling to feel relevant, to feel useful, to fill their time with something other than just the normal day-to-day. And so you being a new voice asking them to come in and help them, give them advice, talk to them. I think people would jump at the chance to do that. And you have this really unique time in order to get that done where nobody's scrambling. Now in 30, 60, 90 days, you're done. And it's going to be a bad scramble. So I would just, I would take advantage of that right now and just reach out to coaches that you think they'll never talk to me. They're, they're too successful. I've never met them. They're in a whole different conference. Well, this is the time. So I would just say whatever you can do to reach out to that group, I would I would encourage you um, to do it. And the second point, and I'll make this one a little more quickly, uh, is you, you talked about you know getting the chance to just explore campus. And of course, there are, and I'm sure you have looked online and remotely you know viewed videos and things of of campus and what's around the area and everything. Um, I think this whole idea of doing more remote campus visits or long distance campus visits is really going to be something that coaches are going to have to embrace because i think it's going to become part of the way colleges showcase themselves to students and athletes i think that with so much of the financial strain that's been put on families when you talk about unofficial visits coming into campus, I I think you're going to see a vast reduction in families that will be able to afford a a lot of trips uh, out of state or out of the area to go and visit campuses. And I think you're going to have, uh, in other cases, some trepidation about getting on an airplane or staying in a hotel or being on a college campus, staying in a dorm room. Uh, And I think those are hugely impactful, you know, parts of the visits that I hope every athlete, as many athletes as possible can experience. My feeling is, though, and just hearing some of the the initial um, research and things that are coming out within colleges and athletics, I think that that's going to be something that uh, coaches are going to have to get really good at and really creative at in how they showcase themselves long distance and really take the attitude that I'm going to have to prove that this is the place and we have the culture and the feel for this, this recruit that I'm recruiting. We have to we have to show them that on video or visually and talk about it on a regular, consistent, long-term basis to get them to feel like, okay, that's the place because we may not be able to get them to campus. And especially at your campus that draws nationally, again, you're the safe bet for a lot of college students we're finding it on the student side as well as the student athlete side is that the safer choice is gonna be, I'm just gonna stay close to home. And because that's safe, and when you go through a crisis like this and you go through these times that we're going through, we want to hunker down and stay safe. And parents sometimes want that for their student-athlete as well. And so coaches that coach a program that maybe would be out of region or would be the reach school for them, 
uh, that's going to be the one that is going to have to get really creative when it comes to uh, to that uh, that type of showcase uh, when it comes to to campus. So I kind of rambled there for a couple of minutes. What what follow up questions does that raise, or did that all make sense? No, that all makes sense. I think there's so much you know we can do now to brainstorm ways to interact with recruits going forward. Um, it, it brings up good points. I think all of us have to get way more comfortable doing things long distance from now on, you know, and just because just because a visit is the best way to go, you know, you might not have those opportunities. And so how could we get creative, like you said, and, and find ways to get really comfortable sharing those experiences long distance? Um, and yeah, I think it's something that, you know, me and a lot of other people will probably spend this summer working on is just getting really comfortable FaceTiming student athletes and showing them around campus. And, you know, once they get to that point where, you know, they can do stuff, then maybe they feel comfortable making that move down the road to come out and check things out themselves because we've done such a good job at giving them a good idea of, of what this school has to offer now, you know? And so right. I think it's, it's all about trying to prepare ourselves to be presenting the best information on maybe not the best platform, but it's going to be right. the best we have and it's going to make the most people um, it's going to make people feel the most comfortable in their own time, in their own space. And yeah, it's, it's the next right. step. I think it's a well, great idea. And, and the other thing I'll point out is that, you know, you're right. It's not the normal. It's not the maybe the best way or the most interactive way all the time. But the thing that I'm going to remind every coach of is that because you start to feel like, well, I'm the only one. I can't do this. Well, no, every coach is has the same limits. Every coach is going to be playing by the same new rules and that's the challenge is if if you can jump out and start start sooner than other coaches because i think a lot of coaches unfortunately are not going to know what to do when they get back to campus or they're going to lapse into their old habits and old techniques feeling like well okay everything's back to normal i'm just going to go back to recruiting the way that i used to and because we're already hearing signs of that and we're trying to counsel against it but i don't think it's going to work i don't think that that the same attitudes exist. I don't think the same priorities are going to exist. For instance, they're in the middle of a research study right now that is showing um, that money for college and what that's going to cost in terms of a net cost to me has almost doubled in terms of the importance after this after this virus and this pandemic and the crisis that's unfolded. That's become way more important for recruits. In other words, Everything that we're hearing in the news about families' finances are, you know, is playing out now from a practical standpoint in how kids are going to be choosing colleges. Now, if you're a full-ride athletic scholarship school, not as much of an issue. But if you're not, and most schools aren't, and most programs aren't, then it has um, it has some relevance. Um, the three other points that I would just point out, Coach, is that that when you're new as a coach, it gives you an incredible opportunity for about 18 to 24 months to do something that you can't do at any other time, which is sell the idea and and sell the vision of here's how this, this is going to change. Here's how we're going to change this program, change our, um, you know, our trajectory. You can't do that once you've been around for two or three years. Then the the uh, the story is set, and now you have to build off of that story. What what have you done the last year or two? Right now, it's a completely blank slate. So you can really tell if you commit to it a very um, uh, detailed, visionary story that I think coaches 
need to tell more and kids are attracted to. Um, you can only do that when, when you're new. The other thing that I would recommend as a, as a newer coach, but really for any coach that's listening to this, is as you figure out, okay, where do I start? We have all these ideas, team culture, the building, um, you know, the, all the ways we different, you know, tell our stories and we have to showcase our campus differently. I want you to start now. I don't want any coach to wait until we go back to campus because look, there's always going to be reasons why it could be better if I waited or I can't do this and this and this because I, I don't have A, B, and C in my, uh, in my toolbox that I would normally have as a, as a coach and as a recruiter. Start now with something and what we have always recommended to newer coaches or coaches that are really just trying to get something off the ground is do five things every day related to everything in this conversation, coach, that we've been talking about. So five things every day. Maybe that's having a conversation with a, uh, a coach on staff. Maybe it's having another conversation with a coach on another team program that you just want to pick their brain for. Um, it's getting smarter. It's, it's uh, developing what is your August and September recruiting messaging going to look like. Any coach can spend this time mapping out and putting into, uh, you know, you know, into their, their computer what they're going to be talking to their, their recruits about um, for you know, this upcoming fall and winter. But try to do five things every day that put you closer to what you need to be doing. Because if you're doing that five things every day, that means pretty much you're going to be impacting your program more than 100 times in a month in a positive way that's going to tell the story. And that's what we want to have as a, as a focus. That is a good idea. I like that. I'm gonna, I, I wrote that down. <laughs> So uh, yeah, as we sort of wrap this up, um, I feel like I've done most of the talking. So um, questions that you would have that uh, I didn't talk about, didn't address, or or didn't answer in in everything that we that we touched on that you would want to that you would want to spend a little bit of time talking about. Um, maybe specifically, and I don't know if this you know leaks into other areas, but specifically heading to June fifteenth, which is a big yes. date for all sports. Um, some of the messaging that, that we can do when we don't have as much knowledge of the school as we might otherwise, you know, like you said, there's a lot that we can be doing now to sort of educate ourselves and talk to other people and, and not really knowing, you know, have, having not been in the gym with my team, I don't know truly what the deficiencies are and what areas we truly need to fill with our recruiting and the coming classes uh, until you get into the gym and get a really good feel for, you know, X, Y, and Z that need to be better or different. Um, and so, you know, what, what kind of messaging should we have with these, these recruits that number one, we don't really know yet. They don't right. know me as a new head coach at my school. And so, you know, and, and I'm still trying to figure out the things about my school that I don't know yet. And the things that we're going to do down the road that maybe we haven't been able to even touch on. What are some of the good points right. and, and strategies we can take to introduce ourselves to these recruits and make sure that we have meaningful conversation, uh, as we move forward. Right. So just one, one housekeeping note that very recently the NCAA voted to have um, for Division One it got moved, the, the first contact date got moved back to the end of July. Now that there's different caveats and, and exceptions to that, but 
And everybody now, you know, through this you know, crisis that we're going through in 2020, 2021 has a different contact date. But just as you're listening to this, for, for a coach listening to this, just make sure you have the uh, correct contact date for Division One. It got pushed back to July 31st. Um, so the, which <laughs> doesn't, help, doesn't necessarily help your situation, but I just thought that for the conversation, I wanted to, uh, to put that out there. So I'm going to go back to whenever you can start contacting athletes again. Because, by the way, it's not a guarantee that it's going to be July 31st. They're going to revisit it at the end of July and make a determination as to where things are at. Hopefully, coaches will be able to start contacting by then in Division One. When you first contact a, a, a new student athlete, the and maybe, Coach, I'll ask you this question. When you were a high school player in your sport, what did you want to see and hear from a coach when they first contacted you, what was the what was sort of the prime thing that you wanted to to hear from them? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think because it's a long time. Putting ago. yourself back in yeah, back in your teenage yeah. brain. I mean, here's let me know if you if this rings true for you. Most high school student athletes. When they first get contacted by a coach, first want to know, does he or she like me? Does that coach like me? Um, am I good enough? And great, I am good enough. Now, what do they want me to do next? Like, how, how do we kick off this relationship? That's really, for most high school athletes in any sport, that's what we're finding is their prime motivation. Like, when that first contact comes in from a college coach, that's what they're most interested in is – is are they interested? I want. I, I need to read whatever I'm reading, whether it's a, a text, an email, a letter. I need to read that and say, okay, they're talking to me, and it feels like they really want me. If I feel that way, then the next thing that I want is confirmation that I'm good enough. Am I just on a list, or is, is, is this serious? Can I really maybe compete for them and play for them? And lastly, what do they want me to do next? So, so I think. And we've got a lot of past podcast episodes that have sort of touched on this and go over some of these main points. So you may want to go back and listen to those or somebody mm-hmm. else that's listening may have already heard this, but I'll repeat it. Your message to them at the start of the process needs to be focused on one thing, and that is getting them to respond to you. Hey, coach, got your email. That sounds great. I think I'd love to talk. Sounds like you got some really exciting stuff going on. Can't wait to talk more about it. What I what we see coaches making the the drastic mistake of doing is that first contact message ends up looking like it was it was developed in 1990, and it's very long, very detailed, is way too informative with all the facts and data and stats and all the good stuff about your school, and you have a lot of good stuff to say about your university. I need you to hold back on that. I need them just to feel comfortable about the response because what we found is that in that first contact message, whenever you can do it, that first contact message, the shorter the message, the less information that you put in it about your program, your school, and all the details and stats and facts and figures, the less you put into that, the greater the level of the response. Why? Because it creates curiosity. You haven't told me everything. You haven't weighted me down with a lot of information. 
I have to come back to you and ask about information. Hey, coach, you know, this all sounds great. I want to major in sociology. Um, do you have a good sociology program there? Uh, hey, you're in, um, you're in a suburb or you're in the middle of a city location. I didn't really ever feel like I would go to school in that. Um, do you have kids that came from the opposite type of area? Again, if, if you tell me everything in that first message as a recruit, I don't need to contact you. And not only do I not need to, I feel kind of intimidated because how do I follow all that up? How do I, how do I um, take everything that you just told me and now sound intelligent when I reply to you? And so what happens is a lot of kids freeze up and they just don't say anything. Or they'll, they'll say something very, you know, if they respond, they'll say something very short and it doesn't really promote a conversation. Your goal, especially because you've had to delay things, um, you haven't defined your culture, you don't know a lot about the campus, the first thing you wanna do is, look, I saw you over here. Um, I really like the way that you played this certain position and we're looking for two of those in this next recruiting class. We need to talk ASAP because all this has been delayed. Can you text me or email me so we can tell you sort of what the next step is? Something like that, I think, is an outstanding first message because that would get a response. I'm not going to worry about being sold to a school. There's time to do that. There's time for you to sell your university or school to that particular recruit. But what counts at first is the response. We have to get a response. And right now, the psychology of most recruits out there is they're anxious for a coach to reach out to them, tell them they're good enough, and to interact with them. And here's where you can beat other coaches. Most coaches are going to go at them with the big, long, traditional, old-style message, whether that's an email, a letter. Some will make the mistake of texting all that information to them right at the start and try to sell them over a text message I don't want you to do that. The way you stand out is by sounding more personal, more uh, straight and to the point. Like you're not trying to sell them something because when you do that, it comes across as more honest, more open. Uh, it's much easier for them to reply to you in that way instead of through a big long message where you did an effective job of listing all the stuff your school has and your school, your university has a lot to talk about. I need you to be patient, wait and say, I don't have to I don't have to get all this out to them right at the start. I can wait. I need to show them I'm interested and that I'm talking to them, which kind of goes back to the whole thing we started talking about 30 minutes ago, which was your team, the, the connection you're taking. You're taking the time to really get to know them and building that foundation. I think in your first contact, this is the way that you do it, because with your team that you're inheriting at your university, you did go and the first thing you didn't you you said to them was not put up a screen on your zoom call about you know your resume and everything that you've done in the past and all your facts and figures to get them to respect you you didn't do that what what did you do you talked to them you asked them questions about them do the same thing as the recruit this is it's it's interesting for me to be to be able to take 10 steps back and watch coaches act completely differently with recruits that they would with their team. And it's the same psychology at work. I need to, if I, if you're the new coach in the program, I need, I want you to do coach exactly what you've done. Take the time to hear me, connect with me, communicate with me, lay that foundation with the recruits. Same thing, because you know what, they're not ready to hear how many acres campuses or what's around campus 
I, I, I don't need that right now. I need to know, do you like me? And am I good enough? Because you, you saw me playing that tournament. So what did you like about me? Oh, and you're looking for that position. Okay, now what? Oh, I need to do this next. Okay, I'll do that. And all of a sudden, that's what generates that action and the motivation for them to contact you. Right. Okay. Perfect. So coach, I mean, my overall feeling is that you're headed in the right direction. You're doing everything that you can do at this point. My, the big takeaway as we've talked for me is taking this time to do the things that you're not going to have time to do again, once they wave the green flag and you're, it's a go, cause then it's going to be a mad dash. And this year is going to be probably the fastest year of your life when right. it comes to everything you're going to have to do. So you have this incredible opportunity this summer and really most coaches every summer have somewhat of an opportunity to recalibrate, come up with a plan, and the stuff that you can do now that would prepare you to be smoother in October, November, February, into March, April, and into next spring, if you can map all that out, if you can do a lot of that work ahead of time and spend this time doing that, I think you're going to be in a way better position than most coaches who right now are still sort of frozen and they're waiting. And that, that can't be you. You can't, uh, you can't wait to build this program. Right. Yeah, so much of the future is based on what we're doing right now is, is probably the big message um, here, which is was helpful. So, yeah, that it, it makes a lot of sense, and it's uh, simple enough to use time right now to just talk to people and gather as much information as, as I can and do things each day that are going to get me in a better spot once, like you said, you know, the, the, the green flag waves and we're ready to go. So, um, yeah, no, this is really helpful. So coach, now the big question for you, what strategies that you just heard and what situations that are familiar with your situation can you use now in terms of the advice that we just gave to better your situation? This is what this podcast is about is making sure you have the tools you need to be successful at every level of coaching and recruiting and building your program. So hopefully you heard some things that resonated with you that you think you could duplicate in your program. And now the the key is action. As you begin the 2020-2021 school year, what action items can you put into place immediately? That's the question that you have to wrestle with now. So I hope that helped. Coach, thanks for listening these past four years. And by the way, if you're a new listener, make sure you go back in whatever um, uh, podcast player and platform that you you like. We're on all of them. So iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Find the one that you want. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you tell other coaches. But as you go through that, make sure you've listened to all the past episodes. You can go back and listen to them. They're fantastic, Coach. They are packed full of conversations just like this, guest experts on topics that you can just search through the titles. Make sure that you begin to fill up your knowledge base with everything that we've been talking about over these past four years, because we're going to bring it in season five, and I can't wait. It's going to be a fantastic season of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. But for right now, that's going to do it. So, As you get ready for the fall school year, Coach, uh, contact us with any needs. My email is dan at dantutor.com. You can go to the dantutor.com website. We've got Tutor University you can be a part of. You're into online training. You can sign up for the Honey Badger Recruiting Daily Training. You can even text me at 661 2 
1-800-218-2166 and receive almost daily texts with recruiting ideas, creative ways to uh, reach kids through text messaging and how you should be recruiting through text messaging and other means. So you've got all sorts of ways to interact with us besides just the podcast. Make sure you do that. And of course, if we can help on a more expanded basis, there's always the client option or bringing us in for a workshop. And we'd love to do that as well. So coach, we hope we get to interact with you and work with you and connect with you in this new school year. Hope summer has gone great, but now it's time to get to work. So put all of this information to work for you, coach. Build out your plan and execute it and focus on this most important job that you have as a college coach, which is being an outstanding recruiter. Coach, thanks for listening. I'm Dan Tudor. We'll talk to you next time on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.